What's up, everybody? Welcome to the College Football Show, brought to you by Lunchpail Sports. I am your host today, Jacob Klumker. As always, we got a good slate of material to talk about here. Go over my top 12 as usual. Uh, where does each conference stand after this week? I'll do the playoff predictor, week eight Heisman, week eight Houdini Act, week nine player to watch, and week nine key matchups. So let's just jump right into the top 12 for this week. I did have, I had some shuffling. I moved some stuff around. Uh, unlike the AP poll, I am more than willing to move a team up or down depending on how they looked that week and kind of collectively. For Yeah, so that being said, I got Tennessee number one still. I'll keep them at number one until they show me that they can't score points anymore. They're the best offense in the country. I know they're playing UT Martin, but they still put up 65 points. That's a lot of points. And that game is a throwaway game anyway. They weren't going to lose it. No one really cares. Big matchups. Coming up, obviously. Um, but yeah, big one this week too. We'll get to that against K- Kentucky. So, uh, but yeah, I got Tennessee number one. Uh, I moved Georgia up to two from three last week. Not necessarily because I was incredibly impressed with Georgia, but because I moved a team down. Michigan, I also moved up to three from the number four spot. I think Michigan can compete with Georgia. I think they might even be able to beat Georgia. I think Michigan is very physical. Their offensive line is awesome. And they have stud running backs. They're they're better at the quarterback position than they were last year. And their defense, there doesn't seem to be a drop-off. They had a really good defense last year. They seem to have a really good defense this year. This is a very complete Michigan team. And number four, I have Ohio State. I had them two last week. I believe won the week before. We'll get to Ohio State more in a little bit, but I am I'm not all in on Ohio State like everybody else is. I don't think they're as good as everybody thinks they are. That score against Iowa, if you go and watch the whole game, that's not the final score was not reflective of how the game actually went down. I'm not saying Ohio State looked bad, but they didn't look great. They didn't look like the best offense in the country at all. So I moved them down to four. I got Bama at five there. I didn't move them. They were at five last week. Still at five. They've got to win a big game in order for them to jump back into the top four, I think. That or Ohio State or Michigan lose. Then they could jump back in. But I got Bama at five. I'm not even entirely sure what's Bama's schedule the rest of the way. I mean, they do have, I mean, they play in the SEC, so obviously they have some tough games coming up. They have LSU next week. So they're on a, on a bye this week. So that's why I'm not thinking of Bama this week. So they got LSU next week at LSU, and that's going to be a night game. That's going to be, that's going to be a challenge. Then they got at Ole Miss. Uh, I mean, it's at Ole Miss. Could be tricky, but I think Bama's just a much better team than Ole Miss. 
and then Austin P and Auburn. So if they don't trip up in LSU at LSU or Ole Miss, I don't think they are because I don't think Auburn's nearly good enough. I get it's a rivalry game, but Auburn's really down this year. So Bama could, I mean, if they if they beat LSU and Ole Miss, and then Michigan or Ohio State goes down, or Tennessee, I mean Tennessee's going Tennessee or Georgia, one of those guys are going to lose too. So there's going to be a shakeup because Tennessee, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State—they're not all four. This is not going to stay like that forever. They're going to lose. They have to lose. Two of those teams have to lose because they play each other. So six, I have Oregon. I had Oregon at nine last week. I was really tempted to put Oregon above Alabama. I still am. I'm not convinced that Alabama would beat Oregon. But I guess I kind of just put Alabama there because of history. (laughs) Nick Saban. Bryce Young is Bryce Young is really good. I think I think Bryce Young's the best player in the country. Get out of here with CJ Stroud. It's it's Bryce Young. <clears throat> so I got Oregon six. Man, they just thoroughly dominated UCLA. UCLA, I thought UCLA had a pretty good defense, and Oregon just demolished them. That was a really impressive win for Oregon. And at some point. We have to look past that Georgia week one game and just see Oregon for what they are. And they're a much better team right now than they were week one. New head coach, new quarterback, new system. This is a different Oregon team than week one. If Oregon and Georgia played right now, it would not be 49 to three. No way. No way. So I got Oregon at six, seven. I have Clemson. I get they're undefeated. Clemson's not that good. They're going to get in the playoff. I'm not ranking this based off of who I think is going to get in the playoff. I'm ranking this based off of who I think are the best teams. And if Clemson played Oregon, they'd lose. If they played Alabama, they'd lose. If they played Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Tennessee, they would lose. They would not beat any of those teams. I'm not even convinced they would beat the next two teams on my list. Or even the next four teams on my list. Clemson's not very good, but the ACC sucks. So what are you going to do? They're going to be undefeated. They're going to win the ACC. They'll be in, and they're going to get creamed by whoever they play because they're just not very good. And I, people are talking about the juice that Cade Klubnik brought in for Clemson. I get that they scored. He didn't play good. He got lucky on a roughing the pass, or not roughing the passer, uh, unnecessary roughness, you know, unsportsmanlike, whatever it was, whatever it was when he got hit out of bounds, kind of. Like Cade Klubnik did not necessarily play any better than DJ was playing. I think they just started playing with more urgency. Maybe that's Cade. I don't know, but he's not a big step up from DJ, if any at all. So if Clemson fans think, if you think that's if Cade Klubnik's your solution, I don't think so. I think DJ is not any really any worse than him. Eight. I have USC. I had them at eight last week. They should have beat Utah on the road. They didn't. That's why they're at eight. If they would have beat Utah on the road, they'd, I'd probably have them at four or five, if I'm being honest. But they didn't. They lost. So I have them at eight. Nine, I have UCLA. I only moved them down two spots. It's important to note that UCLA, didn't. their defense got run over by Oregon. But their offense didn't play bad. Their offense actually played pretty good. They were able to move the ball pretty well on Oregon. and. If Oregon doesn't recover, and I get special teams as part of the game, 
it's part of the game. But Oregon did recover an onside kick that UCLA wasn't expecting. You know, if that doesn't happen, this is a little closer. That game was a little closer than it than the final score indicated. But so I think UCLA is still a good team. Like, show me uh, other teams below UCLA who are better than them. I, I don't think there are. So, 10, I got Wake Forest. I moved them up two spots. Uh, I don't know. I, I, they just keep winning. You know, Sam Hartman's really good. They got good receivers. And this team could beat a lot of a lot of teams. They almost beat Clemson, which, yeah, I mean... I thought that was a bigger accomplishment earlier, but now I just don't think Clemson's that good, but whatever. So I got Wake Forest at 10. Utah, I have at 11. They just won last night on the road at Wazoo without Cam Rising, or I think two of their starting running backs. So they still won. Utah's a good team. Don't overthink it. They have two losses. I get it. Don't overthink it. Utah's a good team. They're a good team. Uh, number 12, I have LSU. They just thoroughly dominated a top 10 team. Just thoroughly dominated. They should be in the top 12. Just watch them. Just watch them play. I mean, when Jaden Daniels is on, he's really hard to to take down. Um, he's got, you know, kind of a Lamar Jackson light uh, game to him. You know, he's just slippery. He's hard to take down. He's hard to get, he's hard to take down in the open field. He's quick. So LSU is a good squad. I think they're going to put up a fight against Bama too. Uh, Some notable exclusions. The good TCU is undefeated. They're going to lose. TCU is not. They've come from behind like three weeks in a row. TCU is not. And they were all at home. All right. TCU is going to lose. I don't if, whether it's this week or the following week, they're they're not going to go undefeated. Um, so TCU is a good team. They're a top twenty team. I, they're not a top twelve team. Penn State I have as a notable exclusion. I mean, they could find their way back in here. If they beat Ohio State. Right now, I don't think they are a top twelve team. I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State. I, I don't see a world where that happens. But maybe you never know. If they do, then they deserve to be in the top 12. Another notable exclusion, the good Oklahoma State. I think they're they're good. I think TCU and Oklahoma State are basically the same team. They're basically the same team. They're limited. They're not going to, they're not, if they get in the playoff, they're not going to win a game. They're not even going to come close. So top 20 teams, good, solid teams, good programs, but. They're not top 12 teams. And then the bad, Texas. I'm not falling for Texas anymore. I'm done. I'm done falling for Texas. I say that and then they'll you know be shiny next week or next year. And I'll fall for them again. But man, it, just, it seems to not matter who's the coach or who's the quarterback. They just, ever since Vince Young, or actually, no, I won't say Vince Young. Ever since... Uh, uh, oh, come on. This is why I need a co-host for this show. Uh, Colt McCoy. There we go. Ever since Colt McCoy, they've been a dumpster fire. They've had like okay teams. But I mean, Sam Ellinger couldn't take them to the next level. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. Quinn Ewers didn't look like who I thought he was going to be. He he looked horrible in the second half. Like he forgot how to play quarterback. And then Ole Miss, I called them out last week or maybe even the week before that I didn't think they were a top 12 team and they just got dominated by LSU. So they got exposed. Again, I think they're a top 25 team. They're not a top 12 team. That was a mirage. All right, where does each conference stand in terms of playoff chances after week nine? Bad, good, great. SEC, great shape. They still got Bama, Tennessee, Georgia, all three of which could make the playoff. So great shape for the SEC. Big 10, great shape. Michigan, Ohio State, they're getting somebody in. I mean, I think Penn State's done for the playoff, but it's not impossible. If they beat Ohio State, The East would be crazy if they beat Ohio State. If they beat Ohio State, and then Ohio State beats Michigan, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't think Penn State's going to beat Ohio State, though. I think we're going to have two undefeateds. Michigan and Ohio State, but they're in great shape. Big Ten's getting somebody in. Pac-12, I think they're in good shape. Still a little worried about them beating each other up. This is a question we have to answer nationally can Oregon make it into the playoff with that loss to Georgia can the playoff committee overlook that week one blunder you know I have a a qualm with people who say there are no moral victories or no moral losses like a win is a win a loss is a loss it's not true there are absolutely good losses in college football and there are absolutely good wins if you win every game by two points even against teams that aren't good The playoff committee is going to take that into consideration. If you lose by 40, as opposed to two, the playoff committee is going to take that under consideration. You can't, in recent history, you can't lose by more than two scores or three scores or four. I mean, in this case, what, five scores, six scores. You can't lose by that much in any game at any point in the year and make it into the playoff. It hasn't happened yet. I don't know if we've seen a team like Oregon yet. I'm sure we have. I'm sure I'm overreacting. Because I do remember an Ohio State team that was pretty good by the end of the year. They got left out because they lost by like 20 on the road to somebody. might have been Iowa. So that's the question we got to answer. Can they overlook that loss to Georgia? If they can, Oregon's got a real shot. If they can win out and win the Pac-12 but the committee could leave them out because of that loss. So I think for, for, for the PAC 12, the best case scenario is for probably SC to win out and win the PAC 12 because their one loss is by three points on the road or I'm sorry, sorry, one point on the road at a very tough, uh, very tough place to play. That's the Pac-12's best chance. SC has to win out. So I think they're in good shape, but their chances aren't as good as the Big Ten or the SEC. The SEC could very easily get two teams in again. The Big Ten could get Michigan and Ohio State. The whole playoff could be SEC Big Ten. I wouldn't like it, but it could happen. Could happen. Pac-12 is... Well, we just talked about Pac-12. Big 12 is... 
I still think they're in bad shape. Their best chance right now is TCU. And I just talked about how TCU is going to lose. Again, one man's opinion. But I just don't think TCU is going to win out. And I don't think a big a one-loss Big 12 team is going to make it. They'll get left out. Because they, they won't have like a big top 10 win. And all of the Pac-12 schools, if they were to win out, Oregon, SC, Utah, or sorry, UCLA, if any of those three win out, they'll have like a legit top 10 win. The Big 12's not going to have that. No, not, they're not going to have a top 12 team. Likely. So I think they're in bad shape. ACC, I think they're in good shape. Not great shape. I think there's a chance. And if anyone from the playoff committee is listening, doubtful, but if they are, if Clemson goes undefeated, please leave them out. They don't, they haven't played anybody. And the nobodies they've played, they've struggled against. Please, please don't let an undefeated Clemson into the playoff. They, it's just not it at this point, an undefeated Clemson in my eyes is like a, is like a group of five team. That's how bad the SEC, the ACC is this year, not SEC. Don't mishear what I just said. ACC. That's how bad the ACC is this year. There's nobody. I guess that Wake Forest win. Wake is pretty good. But man, they should have lost a wake. They should have lost a wake. Clemson just doesn't look good. They don't look like a playoff team. The eye test, it's just not getting, I'm not getting there with Clemson. So I think they're in good shape because there's a really good chance that Clemson, Clemson's probably in if they win out. But they could still, I mean, they could lose to Notre Dame. They could lose to South Carolina. Both of those teams have kind of turned it around. Notre Dame is off and on, but they got at Notre Dame. I don't know. I, I hope they lose one of those games because a, a one-loss ACC team is out. Immediately out. No way. So everyone, if you want a good playoff, hope and pray for Clemson to lose a game because if they get in, they'll get demolished by Tennessee, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Oregon, they just, there's no way, no way. I mean, even SC, if SC got into the playoff and played against Clemson, Caleb Williams would cut that Clemson secondary up all night long. If Sam Hartman and the Wake Forest weapons can eat that Clemson defense alive, imagine what Caleb Williams and the reigning Boletnikoff award winner can do. And an array of weapons on offense. Like that, poof, Clemson, that, that would be bad. Any of those top six teams. I might have Clemson too high <laughs> in my list. I am not high on Clemson anymore. I, I, I tried to convince myself that they were good. And I've talked myself out of it again. It's just not a good team. All right. Playoff predictor. 1 to 12 again. You got the six highest ranked conference champs. Once the twelve team, once the twelve team playoff is in place, this is the structure: six highest ranked conference champs, followed by the next six highest ranked teams in general. 
So the six highest ranked conference champs right now, we'd have Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, TCU. I'd be okay with Clemson in a 12-team playoff, not a four-team. Clemson, TCU at four, Oregon at five. Uh, yeah. Shoot, did I get this wrong? Okay, yeah, TCU still ahead of Oregon. So yeah, TCU, then Oregon, then... Actually, you know what? Shoot. I actually don't think Cincinnati is this anymore. I think it might be Tulane. Okay, Cincinnati or Tulane. Either way, no one's happy about that. 7 Tennessee, 8 Michigan, 9 Alabama, 10 Oklahoma State, 11 Wake Forest, and 12 USC. Not bad. Not bad. I'm happy because SC's back in. Last week they were left out, and I think that would have been a travesty. But, I mean, those are some good matchups. In this case, we would have Oregon against USC, Cincinnati and Wake Forest, Tennessee against Oklahoma State. That'd be a drumming. Oh, my gosh. Tennessee would wipe the floor with Oklahoma State. Uh, Michigan-Alabama, that would be a nice matchup. Uh, The top four will have a bye in the first round. So that's the playoff predictor. If it happened right now, that's, that's what it would be just based off of standings currently. Oregon... I'm just putting Oregon as the Pac-12 champ, but anyway. Week 8 Heisman. I know we're like one day from week 9, but I still want to talk about week 8 a little bit. Bo Nix has been awesome. Everybody wrote this guy off, including me. I mean, I thought maybe he might be a little better, you know, going from the SEC to to a weaker Pac-12 conference. I now I'm just wondering if Auburn is toxic. <laughs> like if Auburn's just terrible. Because man, he is awesome. 22 of 28, 283 yards and five touchdowns with 51 yards rushing. He was completely unstoppable. UCLA had no answers for him. It was pretty fun to watch. So Bonick, week eight Heisman. All right, week eight Houdini Act. I'm kind of excited to talk about this. Iowa at Ohio State. But Jacob. The final score was, what was it? 54 to 10, right? 54 to 10. It wasn't. Yes, that's what was on the scoreboard. I'm going to tell you some things here. All right. Spencer Petras threw an interception on the first play of the game. And then he had another interception in their own territory. Two interceptions in their own territory. Bad, 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 bad interceptions. Not great defensive plays. They were in the right play. They were there. They were there. They were standing in a spot. And Petrus just sucks. He is the one of the worst, if not the worst quarterback in the NCAA. He is bad. Bad, bad, bad. Not good defensive plays. Just horrendously bad offense. Fumbled snap on the first play of the second half. Another interception inside their own 10. Eesh. This is way more about the Iowa offense being completely inept. The Iowa defense played pretty dang well. Let me tell you some of these drives for Ohio State. In the This is in the first half. They had four plays, one yard, and they got a field goal. That was after an Iowa interception. Ten plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Great drive. That was a good drive. I'll give Ohio State that one. That was a good drive. Four plays, four yards field goal that was after an iowa fumble five plays 17 yards field goal that was after iowa's punter forgot he was a punter and tried to play running back 
five plays, 22 yards, punt, eight plays, 24 yards, field goal. And they also had, uh, Ohio State also had a pick six. So to this point, okay, I'll, I'll obviously I'll include the 75 yard drive. So they had one yard plus 75. I should have done this before. I'm sorry. Plus four plus 17 plus 22 plus 24. They had 143 yards of offense in the first half. Ohio State did. Take out that one drive, 75 yards. They had 68 yards on five drives. If Iowa had any offense whatsoever, they're probably winning at halftime. If you think I'm crazy, just go watch the game again. If Iowa had any offense at all, they're probably winning at halftime. That's the worst offense I may have I may have ever seen in my life, that Iowa offense. It is there's no there aren't words to describe how bad it is. Spencer Petrus is terrible. They have no weapons. Their offensive line was okay. I mean Petrus was getting was getting pressured, but there were some plays he had some time and just made terrible throws. <laughs> I'm not saying he had like, you know, CJ Stroud time. But he had enough time to make a decent throw, and he didn't. And then in the second half, Ohio State had one play, an interception. But then they were bailed out by an Iowa fumbled, by an Iowa fumbled snap on the next play. So so CJ Stroud comes out second half, first play, interception. Next play, fumbled snap by Iowa. Who fumbles a snap in Division I college football? That's like peewee. It happens in high school, but like these guys are playing in the big 10, a fumbled snap. Are you kidding me? Oh gosh. All right. So one play interception, they get the ball right back. They have three plays for fit for five yards and they punt four plays for 15 yards. Touchdown. I was after another Iowa interception. Now they have a new quarterback in actually they brought in the new quarterback. And the it, his first play was that fumbled snap, that new quarterback. I don't even remember his last name. It was forgettable. Uh, four plays, 55 yards, touchdown. That's a, I mean, they did it in four plays. That's pretty quick. But still, it was only a 55-yard drive. Great field position. And then three plays, 90 yards, touchdown. Eight plays, 40 yards, touchdown. <sighs> At that point, the Iowa defense was just gassed. And, Iowa just, and Ohio State just ran up the score. I'm telling you guys, if you got to go watch it again, go watch it again. Ohio State did not dominate the way the score looked. Their offense struggled. They struggled to move the ball on Iowa. Four plays, one yard. Four plays, four yards. Five plays, 17 yards. Five plays, 22 yards. Eight plays, 24 yards. One play, interception. Three plays, five yards. Four plays, 15 yards. That's ridiculous. That's like halfway through the third quarter. They couldn't move the ball. And everyone wants to pat CJ Stroud on the back today? I, I, I don't know. That's not impressive. I don't think CJ Stroud is very accurate. Get some pressure on that guy. He makes some bad. He makes some bad decisions. He threw into some some crowds, and I'm like, geez, if you're playing someone good, that's an interception. 
And I get, okay, I sorry, that was mean. Iowa's defense is good. Iowa's defense is good. But I'll tell you what, prediction right here, prediction central. Michigan is going to bludgeon Ohio State just like they did last year. I think Michigan might, might win by two scores. I think Ohio State's overrated. I I, I think they're going to get pressure on C.J. Stroud. He's going to make bad decisions. He'll probably throw a couple interceptions. They're not – their defense, everyone's talking about their defense. They haven't played anybody that has an even remotely good offense. Not a single team. Iowa's probably the lowest ranked offense in the country right now. Statistically, I believe they're either last or second to last. They are horrible. They haven't played a single good offense. And they won't. I mean, Penn State, they got Penn State this week. Penn State's a good offense. They're not a great offense. They're not really going to be tested until Michigan. I mean, the Big Ten is pretty down right now, too. You got Michigan and Ohio State really carrying that conference. If they were both struggling, the the Big Ten would eesh, Big Ten would not be looking good. But they both are good. But I'm I'm telling you, I think Michigan Michigan's going to beat Ohio State this year. That's my prediction. That's my bold prediction right now going into week 9. All right, week 9 player to watch. Uh last week was Quinn Ewers. He sucked. He was great in the first half and then just decided that he was not going to remember how to play quarterback in the second half. <clears throat> Week nine player to watch, Adrian Martinez, Kansas State. He's a game-time decision, so this is a risky pick. But if he plays and he is healthy and he plays the whole game, Kansas State is beating Oklahoma State. Lock it in, upset of the week. Kansas State is covering and they are going to win. If Adrian Martinez plays, uh, uh, Oklahoma State is third to last in the Big 12 in rush defense. They don't stop the ball run. They, gosh, they don't stop the run well. And Kansas State runs the ball better than anybody. They run the ball really, really well. Adrian Martinez is dangerous with his feet. And Deuce Vaughn is one of the best running backs in the country. Telling you, Adrian Martinez, watch out for him this week. I don't know if he'll put up gaudy stats, but Oklahoma State's not going to be able to stop these guys on the ground. He might have 75 to 100 yards rushing. Uh, And that was one of my picks of the week. So I got Kansas State covering one and a half against Oklahoma State. Kansas State at home. And I think they're winning that game. Number two, Ohio State. Favored by 15 and a half at number 13, Penn State. I think Penn State covers here, but I still think they lose by two touchdowns. 15 and a half is a big number. I think Penn State can keep it within 14 points. I don't really see where Penn State matches up, so I'm not picking them to beat Ohio State. But man, Penn State got got kicked in the face by Michigan. If they have any pride at all, they're going to be coming out firing, swinging against Ohio State. They should be pissed off. This, to me, this is. I get, I get Ohio State sexy. They got all those weapons, but 
something about a team that that's gonna that has a chip on their shoulder. And if Penn State comes out and loses by thirty, then wow, James Franklin should be on the hot seat. Just saying. Because if you can't motivate your kids to come out for this game. Yikes. Anyway. Next game. 19 Kentucky at number 3 Tennessee. Tennessee is favored by 13. (laughs) This is a hard one. Every ounce of me wants to pick Tennessee. Because I just think they're so good. Strength on strength. Tennessee's offense is really good. Kentucky's defense is really good. I think Kentucky's offense is limited, but Tennessee's pass defense is very limited. Eh. I could easily see this being a close game. I really could. I could see this being a shocker. You know, Tennessee's looking forward to Georgia. Coming off of a big kind of easy win against UT Martin. I had Tennessee covering coming into this podcast. I'm taking Kentucky to cover. I think Kentucky, I think Tennessee wins, but I think Kentucky's going to make this competitive. This is Will Levis's chance to, to prove that he's like an NFL guy. This is, this is his opportunity. He's played well at, in spots, but, but going against the number three team in the nation, this is it, man. I think he'll play well. But I don't think Kentucky can keep up offensively. Uh, I think Tennessee probably pulls away in the end. Maybe it's seven to ten points in the end. <clears throat> but I think Kentucky's going to cover that 13. I do. I could see Tennessee winning by 30. In that case, I'm obviously wrong. I think on this night, Kentucky... I mean, Kentucky already went into the swamp and won. I get this, you know, I get Florida's not very good. I get that, but it's still a very hard place to play. I don't think Kentucky's going to be phased by the moment because Tennessee fans are going to show up until Tennessee sucks again. They're going to keep showing up. So, but I don't think that moment's going to be too big for Kentucky. They've already done it. And Bob Stoops is a good coach. He's a good coach. I think he's going to have them ready to go. Last game, fifth, number 15, Ole Miss, is favored by two points at Texas A&M. I'm just going to go with Ole Miss here. Texas A&M, they're just not very good. Two points isn't very much. I'll take Ole Miss here. This is a... I think 15 is probably a decent spot for Ole Miss. And I don't think A&M should be ranked. So I'll take Ole Miss there. If this was like a six, seven point spread, I, I'd take A&M. But I think Ole Miss probably wins by a field goal. In that case, they cover. It's only a two point spread. So I'll take Ole Miss to cover there. Those are my picks of the week. That's the content for the week. Not a loaded mat, not a loaded slate this week, but hey, it's still college football. Still some good matchups. We could see, you know, we could see some upsets. We could see some upsets. I hope we do, because that just makes college football even more fun. So that's it for this week. Like, rate, subscribe, share, 
with your friends, coworkers, everybody who would appreciate an awesome podcast. Until next week, legends are out.